The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I'm very glad that you're listening, and I want to thank you also for liking Spirit of Recovery on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. Thank you so much for uh, your comments on there. Thanks also for sending us emails and letting me know what's happening for you in your recovery walk and your spirituality growth. And I want to thank you a lot for participating. And um, thanks also for letting your friends, your family members, the people in your unity community, your other spiritual communities um, know about us here on Spirit of Recovery on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And um, it's great to know that what we're doing here is making a difference for you. And I always have great guests. And um, they are so generous and share uh, their experience, strength, and hope and all that's going on in their world. And um, and I know that they touch everybody's hearts and minds. They surely touch mine. And um, it's great to know that it's working and helping people out there that are listening. So every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or spirituality um, that is helpful to people in recovery, and lots of times it's all of the above. And we're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live. You can listen via your computer. You can listen via your smart device. You can also go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. And now you can also, uh, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, um, go there and uh, you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio on TuneIn. 
So there are lots of ways you can listen. And also we've got um, lots of podcasts archived on our page. And so you can listen on demand at your leisure. Just go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery. And I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. So if you're a person in recovery or uh, from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone that has the disease of addiction or if you're just curious about um, recovery, about addiction, we're glad you're here, glad you're listening. We uh, invite you to send in a question or a comment, a call in or email in if you'd like and um and we'd be happy to have the guests respond to that. I want you to know also that family members and friends can be in their own recovery process. And um, there are recovery programs and recovery opportunities for family members and friends. And so that can really make a difference in a family or in a friendship or, or work circle. Um, if uh, someone you care about has the disease of addiction, if you get some help for yourself, it really helps to shift things and makes life a lot better and opens up some possibilities. So, I want you to um, know also that on uh, if you'd like to uh, help financially support Unity Online Radio, which is an uh, nonprofit endeavor, you can do that. You can uh, text to uh, Unity Radio to seven two seven to. 72727 from your smartphone and your contribution can be a one-time contribution or an ongoing contribution and it does help support uh, Spirit of Recovery as well as the other great programs here on this nonprofit endeavor called UnityOnlineRadio.org. Again, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and an addictions counselor, and I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and 35 years ago, those relationships were a catalyst that got me started on my own personal path of um, spiritual growth and enrichment, and ever since then, my walk um, has continued to be an integration of recovery principles and unity principles, and that transforms my life. So I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to share ideas about spirituality and recovery here through the Spirit of Recovery and to bring you wonderful guests. So today, we've got a great guest, Mario Diurno, and he's going to be talking with us about a great film that's just come out, that has just been made, and he is the outreach coordinator for that film. The name of it is Generation Found, Igniting a Youth Recovery Revolution. In Houston, Texas, um, they got tired of uh, addiction causing so many deaths and so much uh, incarceration of their young people, and they decided that that just wasn't an option. So a wide spectrum of community later, leaders came together and to build the world's largest peer-driven youth and family recovery network. And this film, Generation Found, takes a look at how this all works in Houston and um, how it can be uh, implemented in other places when people make that choice and when communities come together. So my guest, Mario Giorno, again, is the outreach coordinator for the film, Generation Found, and he also is a person in long-term recovery, and he's going to share with us today about how um, this film came to be made, about what's happening in Houston. He's going to share with us also about his own uh, recovery story, and um, 
he's going to be talking to us um, a lot about this film and about all that's been learned from it and how also you can see it if you're interested. You can go to the website. It's generationfoundfilm.com, just generationfoundfilm.com. So, Mario, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Hi, Anna. Thank you, and uh, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me on today. It's, it's a pleasure. You're really welcome. Yeah, I'm so glad you're my guest. And um, I'll just say this, too, and you may you may say a little bit about this or not as we go on, but um, a few years ago, the executive producer of this film, Generation Found, Greg Williams, uh, produced the film The Anonymous People. And uh, it's, it's really incredible, that film. I um, had him as a guest on right after that came out, and I have seen that film numerous times and i've shown it numerous times and it's an amazing film about uh the recovery advocacy movement and so uh greg has branched out now and again he's really focused on recovery for young people and that's what generation found is all about so tell us a little bit um about how how um this film got going how how did uh greg williams and his co-producer jeff riley and i know a lot of you obviously you're on the team how did this idea get going about creating the film generation found well you spoke about the anonymous people and you know i'm grateful for that and i'm grateful to be uh to know Greg, I've been uh, actually met Greg uh, in my in my when my journey of recovery began in two thousand four, two thousand three, um, and um, you know that movie uh, changed my life. Even though I was uh, I had the you know the opportunity to be part of it, but I still changed my life, and I still watch, and I still I get so much out of it, and different things every time. Um, so I think after the success of the Anonymous People. Uh, if you were to do a poll or a study, you know, the most common feedback that we got from that was the five-minute segment about Ostagai High School in Massachusetts, and everybody was really interested in this recovery high school in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, so through that, you know, everybody wanted more. That was, I guess, people's favorite part as a whole. Uh, and they, 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 you know, they were, in, I guess they were just as surprised, I think, as the rest of us. Nobody really knows that there is such a thing as a recovery high school, and that's, that's the problem. Um, so, you know, we set out, and uh, through our network and through the recovery advocacy movement and the recovery field, uh, you know, we found out that there was a lot going on in Houston, Texas, that the rest of the world, you know, we felt there was a story to tell there, and the rest of the world needed to know about it. Um, and uh, shot over two years in Houston, Texas at Archway Academy and Three Oaks Academy. Um, and it's just it's a beautiful film. I mean, I saw it again last night. Uh, I go to a lot of the screenings whenever I can. And just to, you know, just to kind of, it's, it's nice to be able to set up an event and a screening with people. And then actually, but to be able to attend it uh, and watch that process, you know, Carry it, you know, carry out is amazing. So I like to watch it with people, you know. So I sat last night, watched it again uh, with some 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 friends and some other people I didn't know, and it, it was just an amazing, it's an amazing film. You, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, please check it out. It's Generation Film. I'm sorry, <laughs> GenerationFoundFilm.com. Oh. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen it yet either. Um, I'm going to see it very soon, but I haven't seen it yet. But I'm I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. And you know, when I've shown the film Anonymous People, what I have um, uh, 
what you're saying is that people are so intrigued, yes, by that segment. And when I've shown anonymous people or, or been in the audience, I mean, there's lots of tears and uh, lots of people are just kind of amazed by the end of it. People have a real strong response to that film. So what do you see um, in the audiences uh, that see Generation Found? Uh, I think the most common, the thing is people, they want to know why there isn't a recovery high school in their community. And they want to know how to bring uh, one to their community. And that's the whole point of this is to start the conversation around the country. Um, and even around the globe is to start that conversation, you know, and, that, and the best part for me, my favorite part of the, the evening when we do a screening is uh, after a lot of times people will have a Q and a or a panel and um, it's nice sometimes to bring people from the film or local people that are involved in education or legislative and, you know, people that are in recovery or people that got sober when they were young. And it's just a beautiful conversation, but, the real thing is, uh, is, is how we how do we bring this to our community? So that's uh, the last uh, month and a half, two months since we've been doing screenings. Um, we opened on August 30th nationally, and, and it's been nice to see people having these conversations and then actually uh, implementing them. You know, forming a group and and really trying to move you know push the needle on this. And it's it's nice to see even in my state in Connecticut, people are, are you know starting that the process. That's great. So the film really is as the anonymous people did in, in some different ways, but it sounds like it's catalyzing some real change and some real action. Yes. No, it is a call to action. And, you know, and that's yes. the point. It's, it is a, it's a film. It's, it's, you know, it's a powerful film, and, you know, there's a little things. There's some things in there that will definitely make you cry. It's a tearjerker, but it's also there's a lot of hope in this film, um, you know, and it's, it's totally different than the anonymous people. Uh, the anonymous people, were, you know, was great, and it's, the honest people is crazy. It's been seen by over two million people now. Isn't that crazy, Anna? Wow, that's hard to believe. I, be- I believe you, but yes, that's amazing in a wonderful way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, wow. And uh, you know, and the, well, a lot. Uh, what that did is kind of reignited this advocacy movement. I'd like to think that uh, that allowed us to organize tens of thousands of people on the National Mall uh, last October fourth in D.C. And that was amazing. We had a a benefit concert, basically first ever. We made history on the mall for uh, for recovery. So, uh-huh. You know, we had the likes of like Stephen Tyler and Joe Walsh and Cheryl Crow and and the Fray and and you know a whole bunch of uh, an entire four hours of programming of screening, um, which uh, was actually being aired on uh, CPTV and PBS right now locally, uh, well nationally, but in your area you can check on on uh, facingaddiction.org, org, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. But uh, yes, that allowed that, and it, and it really, you know, it, it made a lot of change. I think, but Generation Found um, is a whole new kind of a whole new animal. It's it's really is. You might say about this is anyone can see it. You know, you can mm-hmm. bring your family out. Um, you can bring. You don't have to be in recovery to see this. It's about kids. You know, and who doesn't like mm-hmm. kids? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, that's right. Well, tell us about Recovery High Schools. What is it, and, and how does it work? And how'd they get started? Okay, so that's a great question. Um, so Recovery High School is somewhat a alternative school, we'd say, right? And I wish they had it when I was uh, when I was a kid because I probably wouldn't. Uh, I was thinking about that earlier. You know, if I was in a Recovery High School and I was placed into you know this blanket of, of recovery when I was a teenager, because I was struggling when I was a teenager. 
And um, that's where things started to really change for me, and I kind of crossed that line. Um, so basically from 7 in the morning till, you know, 3 or 4 at night, you know, it's like a regular uh, school day, but they're, it's a peer-to-peer. They have these things called APGs, right? And it's alternative peer uh, groups. And what they do is it's a community-based thing where one kid is helping another kid, and, and it's a therapeutic, loving environment. Um, and they kind of – the main difference, I think, between a recovery high school and a regular high school is that uh, these kids are getting met, you know, where they're at. You know, and that's a lot of uh, a big deal um, because a lot of times you go to high school, you go to middle school, wherever you go, and you kind of get pushed through. I know for me, um, I was able to, to slide through, you know, and, and really I needed a lot of help. I was screaming for, for help. and. I didn't get the attention or the help that I really needed. Uh, I think it would have been a lot different. I think my life would have turned out a lot different, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us a little bit about your story, if you would, Mario. Sure. Uh, my story began, you know, I, I'm from Connecticut originally and um, still here. And, you know, I grew up in a loving environment, uh, great family, uh, an Italian family right off the boat. And, uh, you know. I was the youngest of four, you know, and uh, my parents were great. They gave me everything I, I could need, uh, nurturing environment, good morals, uh, you know, respect, how to respect others and, and everything. It's just, that didn't matter. It didn't matter, it, you know, it, it, none of that mattered really. It was, I was struggling with a mental illness um, mm-hmm. of addiction, you know, substance use disorder, and nobody knew what to do. You know, I didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what I had. I just knew that I wasn't okay being Mario. And, um, you know, I think early signs of that, you know, if, if I, you know, we didn't, we didn't really know what to do, and I wish there was uh, another way. But basically I got it. What that equaled out was to a lot of trouble, uh, a lot of behavioral issues, a lot of uh, attention-seeking, um, just uh, didn't know I didn't feel comfortable in my skin. And that's like the most common thing. I think you hear a lot of people in recovery is that they don't feel comfortable in their own skin and we don't fit in, you know, and that's the number one thing. I think if you ask everyone, right, everyone usually starts the story. Well, uh, yeah, I never really fit in. And, uh, and that's the thing about being in recovery, whether you are 12-stepper, whether you are a faith person, whether you, you know, whatever form of recovery you found and how you got there, it's the same thing in all of them is that, what is it? It's community. Mm-hmm. Right, and so what I found is we are all searching for a community and to be part of something and to be part of something healthy, rather than opposed to being, you know, part of something that's destructive. Um, and that's all I was looking for my whole life was just to to fit in and to be part of. You know, maybe I didn't know what that was at the time, but I knew I wanted to be part of something. Um, so I found that through sports, and and when sports uh, didn't work and the the substances did, uh, my life kind of took a turn and. Um, and then started the, uh, you know, the overdoses and the, uh, the trips to ICU and, the, you know, the, the death, uh, near death. Or the, they actually said, you know, I had died and, you know, all, the, all these kind of things and arrests and felonies and um, the destruction began, you know. And I never, ever wanted to do any of these things. If you would have asked me, and that's the thing that I think uh, the common misperception is about this disease is that, we don't, you know, I know for me, I can speak, right? Nobody ever says that they want to uh, be strung out on substances and, you know, ruin their lives. Uh, it's not a choice. 
You know, it's, <laughs> it's, if I would have known, uh, you know, I was going to be addicted or if I wasn't, um, you know, it's, it's not something I, I can willingly say, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start doing this. And then when I'm done, uh, when I want to stop, I can stop. I didn't, I lost that choice. You know, and uh, so what happened was I started to, to get into treatments, and uh, and I was blessed. You know, I, I have had some uh, good teachers along the way and um, was around a really good – I found a really good recovery community here in Danbury, Connecticut. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, it's I had to find out that it really is just a, a daily thing I have to do, you know, and there's, a, there's some maintenance. Like if I had um, – heart disease or if I had diabetes or if I had cancer, if I had whatever, you know, disorder, I have to take care of it, you know, on a daily basis. Uh, I have to take my medicine, if you would. And so I would stop doing that after a while, you know, when I would feel good. And, and so I, I've been through some struggles over the last 15 years, but um, things are beautiful today and I'm coming up back on two years uh, clean and sober. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations, Mario. Yes. Can I ask you how old you were when you had your first experience uh, with sobriety? Uh, when I first really gave a shot at recovery, I was 23. Um, and that's, yeah, that's actually when I met Greg Williams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I met him, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a beautiful thing. You know, I thought... And I did what most of us do. I judged, you know, and I said, I judged him when I said, oh, man, you know, I was really still on the fence about a lot of things. And I didn't trust, you know, and I said, what is, it, what is this kid going to tell me that I don't, you know, I really didn't know. And uh, he was young and he was doing it, though, you know. And by the end of that experience, uh, what we were doing in, in this group we were in, I, I totally, it was the first time I ever felt like part of it and that I related. I felt like Greg had told my story. Uh-huh. Yep. You you said a little earlier, Mario, that if uh, if the re- if there'd been a recovery high school that you could have gone to while you were in high school. That's why I asked you how uh, what your age was when you first uh, got into recovery. It is to sort of gauge, like, okay, so then you had to do your teen years without um, a, 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 a really a high school support or, or a broader support I'm, I'm making that assumption so what do you see that's different for uh teens that do have a recovery high school experience than maybe was uh happening for you when you were in active addiction but you didn't your high school was i guess like any other high school and whatever you, you sort of fell between the cracks i guess well i don't know tell tell us what was it what's different for them than it was for you the ones that are the kids that do are in recovery high schools. Uh, man, I mean, my high school was uh, was a big high school. You know, was uh, I think it was around sixteen hundred, fifteen hundred kids. I think it was pretty big for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming from um, you know, middle school and and then ninth uh, ninth grade to through twelfth was a big jump. And you know, middle school and these years for me were so awkward and tough as it was uh and then i get go to this big school where you know I, you don't know you know a couple kids here and there but you you really it was very intimidating um very scary you know and and at the same time um you don't really know what's going on so what did i do i turned to substances you know and that's that that eased all the discomfort and the pain and the anxiety um mm-hmm. and uh you know, my school was kind of like, 
it was a public school, and, and it was basically, you know, after uh, two, two and a half years of, like, up and down for me, finally they were just, like, my third, my junior year, uh, by the grace of God, luckily uh, the uh, housemaster, like, one of the directors said, hey, listen, Mario, you're, uh, you're not really doing anything here. Um, you're kind of just hanging out, and we know what you're doing. And, you know, he did care, and he was uh, almost like he knew he had had a few of my brothers, you know, through, through years ago, and he said, we know you, and we don't want to kick you out, but we're kind of asking you to leave. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, so graciously, mm-hmm. uh, he said, but he, he was a nice guy. I thank that man because he said, listen, go out, find out what it's like out there in the real world, and maybe come back next year if you want. And, of course, you know, at 17, I had all the you know, I, I was all resentful and full mm-hmm. of uh, whatever. And I, I said, all right, you know, I'm good. I don't need this. I'm going to go to night school. And I had it all figured out. And probably about three weeks later, I was with my father, who was very strict, and he was, he made me go to school with, uh, with a work with him every day, and it wasn't fun. So I, and, mm-hmm. and he said, you got to get a job. you got to do that. You know, I already had work, but he was like, you're not just going to hang out, my dad. You know, and I'm grateful for my father. He passed. God rest his soul. But um, <laughs> I said, you know, uh, no, this is out. Like, uh, this isn't that fun. So I, I did was able to come back. Um, uh, I think it was for a girl too. Takes what it takes. Then. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. For uh, you know, that's what that's the, the neat thing about our, our stories, right? Is that the way I look at it is uh, I can look and sit here, and my perspective could be, you know, uh, oh, I regret this and that. And you know what? To be honest with you, I, I do not regret anything that happened to me uh, where I'm at today because. It all played a pivotal role uh, in what makes me who I am today, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm grateful. So you know, like I said, like the, the, that guy, the housemaster got me to go, you know, to kind of check out life, and I learned that. And then my my ex girlfriend, you know, at the time, got me kind of to come back, and, and I was able to graduate, uh, you know, by the skin of my teeth uh, in the summertime. But you know what? It was it was the experience. But through all that, um, if I would have had somewhere to go like a recovery high school or, you know, an APG or something like that, I think I'd like to say that my story would have been a little bit differently where I would have probably started to say, oh, wow, what this is recovery. Like, I didn't know what recovery was in high school. I didn't even know what that meant, you know. So I feel like the kids today that are available, you know, that have these, are available these opportunities, at least they're starting the process. You're planting a seed. Uh, at such a vital age where at least, hey, I might not get sober when I'm 17, but now I know that it's possible and I know there's this whole world going on of, of a, you know, a beautiful life for me ahead. And maybe, uh, you know what, when I'm in trouble, at least I know where to go and I can come, you know, if, if, if all goes well, if I can come back or, you know, whatever happens in the future, but at least I know it's available. And that wasn't available to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, again, I'm making an assumption, but I'm guessing that you may have felt pretty lost. Um at that point, and it sounds like your your dad was supportive and such, but w- with your peers, I don't know, it was mostly your interaction with your peers around using? Oh, yeah, everything. Uh, you know, I was a chameleon at best, and I fit in, uh, I like to say, you know, I was kind of cool with everybody, but never really let anyone in. You know, I hadn't, you know, so a couple kids I grew up with that my neighbors knew me really well, but nobody ever really knew me. It was all a facade, and I could fit in with the lacrosse team because I was good at sports and I'd, I'd play that. And then I would, you know, fit in, uh, try to fit in with the, with the scholars and the preps. And then I would fit in with the, 
the more urban community. Like, I would kind of just float around, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, uh, I found the most, like, you know, the most common people with me were, were uh, the people that were using, because that, that's what we shared, those, the commonality that we, we, you know, brought us together was using uh, drugs and alcohol. Right. Yep. And that, that really shifts, I, you know, for the kids that are in the recovery high schools, I guess. It's like they start to have a different experience of peers, people they can yeah, be themselves I mean, there, with. Yeah, there yeah. was no, uh, you know, I will say, I believe, like, uh, recently, I, you know, I, I worked in a few adolescent uh, treatment centers, and I, I like youth personally, just because I'm a big kid. Let's stop. You know, I don't want to <laughs> lie here. I'm, I'm a big kid, and I love kids. You know, I love kids because they're they're so in the moment. You know, and most of the you know they don't have to worry, and and that's kind of how I like to live my life is is worry free and and stress free, and to know that you know I do have a higher power and that he he's got my back. You know, and and at the end of the day, things will be okay one way or another. But, um, so I love youth and I love their energy. And, uh, I will say like when I was younger in elementary school, they did have this, uh, mentor program where, uh, you know, older, uh, you know, volunteers would come in and volunteer their time and, you know, and, and we would hang out and it was, it was pretty neat. That, that was something I wish that didn't, but just like everything else with funding, uh, that went away. And then, uh, you know, in middle school I was, in a, uh, I was very artistically talented, and uh, uh, I was in these, like, special art classes, and those went away because of funding. So you see that the common uh, trend here was things would come that were positive, but funding would always be an issue, and they would go away. So, you know, that that's, that's mm-hmm. just, it didn't help, you know? Right. Yeah, that makes uh, makes sense. It's like the things that were, uh, that created a sense of connection with people or and also with your creativeness, your your essence. Um, those are really key. Those are essential for all humans and, and certainly they play a big part in um, I guess resilience and and uh, and and a recovery process and, and also in you know just in making that sense of community uh, so that it, it shifts that that idea, you know, that I have to just hang out with people that are doing using substances or doing something like that that's pretty destructive yeah that's important to have that sense of community oh it's everything it yeah literally is everything mm-hmm. it's time for our break and um i want to thank you mario for all that you're sharing with us it's really uh, interesting and thanks for telling us about your story and about you know what what can be really possible when communities um are willing to reach out and really do something to to um, create a a good environment for uh, children and for teens. So we're going to go on break. My topic today is Generation Found, Igniting a Youth Recovery Revolution. We're talking about the new film that's out, generationfoundfilm.com. You can look there and find more about it. And my guest is Mario Dierno, and he is the outreach coordinator for the film. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. 
you can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. If you're just joining us here on Spirit of Recovery, our topic today is Generation Found, Igniting a Youth Recovery Revolution. I'm your host, Anna Schaus, and um, we're talking about the film Generation Found, Igniting a Youth Recovery Revolution, and my guest is Mario Dierno, who is the outreach coordinator for the film. So before we get back to our conversation, I invite you to take a moment with me to relax, to make that conscious contact with your higher power as we take a moment in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, to feel that presence of your higher power, feel that love around you, feel that love within you, and allow yourself to let go and let God, whatever name you call your higher power, however you relate to it. But just feel that relaxation and share with me this constructive idea. I am a part of a loving, healthy community. I am needed. I am wanted. I am fulfilled. I am a part of a loving, healthy community. 
I am needed, I am wanted, I am fulfilled. And let's take just a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that was an opportunity for you, a brief opportunity to relax and to make that conscious contact with the love that is within you and all around you. I'm back now to my conversation with my guest, Mario Giorno, and he is the outreach coordinator for the new film, Generation Found, Igniting a Youth Recovery Revolution. And you can learn more about that film and uh, learn about it and learn how to See a screening of it if you go to the website generationfoundfilm.com. So, Mario, you're sharing with us a lot of great stuff today. And, um, tell us a little bit about, um, the, about what is going on in Houston. And, uh, we were talking a little bit on the break there. I, I am in Austin, Texas. I've been here for a couple of years. And when I got here and just started meeting a few people that are in the recovery um, community here, they told me about this organization called PADAP. And I'd never heard of anything like it. It's amazing. And um, so what, and it's in Houston. So that's part, of, that's in the film, right? Yes. Yes, it is in the film. Um, so tell us about that and, and, and all that's going on in Houston. Yeah, so PADAP was created, uh, don't quote me on the years, I don't want to mess this up, but, but yeah, it was created, I think, in the, in the 60s or the, maybe in the early 70s, um, and it's the same thing that we were talking about uh, earlier, is these alternative peer-to-peer, you know, these APGs, the alternative peer groups, right? Right, and, and it stands for something. They were do- yeah, yeah P, P, I don't remember what it stands for, P-D-A-P, peer something probably. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, yeah, like peer-driven alternative yes. groups, I believe. Yeah, something, I'm not the yeah. best with quoting stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but basically, you know, this guy John Cates in the film, he explains it, and he was part of it. He was a big part of it. And so, the, the, you know, that was his, his deal was that they sent him to this thing called Padat when, when he was younger because he was having such, uh, you know, substance abuse issues and was getting arrested and big things. And the judge ordered him to go there. and. You know, he was, same thing, He was as, as my journey, he was trying to find ways not to fit in, and, and then, you know what, next thing he knows, he says, wow, these kids look like me, these, uh, they, they sound like me, they talk like me, you know, and, and that was so, so instrumental in him getting sober, um, and that's the same thing as when I first went to one of my meetings when I was um, oh, 19, when I really first, like, went, like I, I looked in there and I said, well, I'm not that guy and I haven't been divorced and I haven't been under a bridge, you know, and all, all these uh, judgments and all these like comparisons, you know, I, I didn't fit in, uh, you know, but when I really, the second time I entered recovery and I saw young people that younger than me doing it, I said, wait a minute, now something's going on here, you know, and that's, like I said, I had met Greg and I said, well, this kid's 17, 18, He's got a year of sobriety, and I said, 
something's going on here. Like, this, maybe this, I, I have a shot, you know, and, and that, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, uh, these ATGs are, are huge. Um, it's just a peer base. It's community. Once again, it's community, and, and you get to, you know, it's, it's having fun in recovery, um, but they're helping each other, and they're, they're getting through struggles, and one kid goes through something or one person, and, and he shares and how he got through that and how he's still sober, and, and it's, it's no different than uh, a lot of, um, you know, recovery groups and 12-step groups and stuff like that, but it's more, um, it's peer-to-peer, and it's more, there's no, I think, no order in terms of, like, there's no rules in terms of uh, you have to do this and you have to do that. It's more of just you know, helping each other and accepting each other and, and helping one struggles, you know, and sharing your experience, basically. Right. How did Houston pull this off? I know in your film, uh, you know, what y'all are saying is that the that the, there was a lot of, of stuff happening. Kids were dying. They were getting locked up, and the Houston community said enough so there were a whole lot of people that came together um the said visionary counselors law school dropouts um aspiring rock musicians retired football players oil industry executives and church leaders came together to build the world's largest peer-driven youth and family recovery community how did they do that how'd they all get together but they how'd they do it well they formed a committee um you know and and I don't know what why uh, what Houston understands or why they get it as opposed to like, or, or Texas in general. You know how they get it because I remember being uh, with Greg when he was you know in the in the early stages of this film, and uh, Greg actually had um, I guess don't quote I don't know if it was like a senator or, or a governor somebody from the you know Texas. Uh, legislative offer like they wanted to, to help greg fund this film you know and then <laughs> to get the anonymous people funded you, you know greg had to, to raise money you know he set a record on kickstarter like it took a lot of work and here we had uh the state of texas telling you know offering greg money to uh to help you know and, and they believe in it and they they're doing something right down there i couldn't really put, put you know place my uh can't tell you exactly what it is but they get it you know i know they know a lot of people were, uh, they just got really sick and tired of young kids and, and people dying from all walks of life. And they said, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to stand this anymore. I mean, archway has been open for a while, though. I think it's been open for like 10, uh, 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. And what's the name um, of it? Because this, the, the you, you just said a name, but I didn't catch it. Something's been open? Archway. Uh, Archway, yeah, Archway Academy is uh, uh-huh. really the main school that's featured throughout the film. And it follows... Um, a woman by the name of Sasha, mm-hmm. Sasha Coles McLean, and she, Sasha's an angel. Uh, I've gotten a, you know, the privilege of uh, spending some time with Sasha over the last two years, and uh, she's the real deal. You know, everything you mm-hmm. see in the film, she's just a nurturing, uh, I call her an angel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she's just, she's she's some something special. You know, you don't come across a Sasha every day, and she loves kids, and she's in recovery herself, and you know, she gets it. So we need more sauces in the world. Uh, you know, we need more uh, Emilio's in the world. You know, there's Emilio's another gentleman that's in the film. And, um, you know, same thing. I had Emilio out here for our Danbury um, premiere. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to spend some time together. And same thing, just a genuine, nice guy. 
Benio's been through a lot. His story is uh, is powerful. He uh, he served, I think, about fifteen years uh, in in and out of prison. And five of those years, Emilio was in uh, seg in segregation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that's not even is it a, you know that, that shouldn't even be like that's not even human. You know, it's inhumane. Right. Uh, he may, he's doing it now. You know, he's doing the deal, and he's gone. I think around four or five years clean and. He uh, he has his own center that he recently uh, that that the state is funding, and he's helping. He's running these APGs in the inner city of Houston, which is so needed. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So, so wow. His name is Emilio Parker. Emilio Parker. He's my age, and I love him. He's like a big, you know, he's a big teddy bear, man. He's just a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the other people in the film that really stand out to you? Uh, probably. I mean, if you ask me. There's a woman by the name of Regina. I mean, just like a, her last name. I'm sorry, I don't want to mess up her last. Name. Her her name is Regina Thon, and she uh, she's very powerful uh, in the film. Um, and then, like I said, Sasha, another guy named Parker Parker Craig. Uh, he works at Three Oaks Academy, uh, which is another. It's a charter school, Recovery High School in Houston, Texas. Um, Trying to think. Let's see who else. Tracy, Tracy, uh, girls. She is one of the parents mm-hmm. that uh, she, she is uh, the mother of uh, one of the main kids that that uh, they follow. This kid Nick, and I got to give it off to uh, you know. Hats off to Jeff Riley. You know, really. I mean, you can have amazing footage, and you can have you know they they, they filmed this over two years and. Uh, Right, and he's the film you know, editor. Daniel, Jeff Riley is right. Yeah, you know Jeff has really uh, just updated himself this time. You know Jeff is doing. Uh, he's done like thirty for thirty documentaries. He's worked on a lot of documentaries, and he's a he's an acclaimed uh, editor and, and film guy. But this guy was able to tell the story. You know that's the power of, of uh, with film and documentaries. You can have all the footage and all the great content, but if you don't know how to tell that story, you know you don't really have anything and. Jeff really brought this home with a from front to back a store a full story and uh, I love that guy and, and he was also on the anonymous people as well. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it does. It matters how that how you uh, get those people in there and and um, as you say how you put that story together. Uh, what about the parents? You just mentioned a parent. What's the parents' role in uh, peer recovery for teens or young people? Uh, so, it, you know, the film follows uh, Sasha, like I said, who is the director and of, uh, excuse me, of Archway. And it also follows a student named Nick, right? And Nick has had some struggles, and his parents, Tracy, and I, I'm not, you know, the father's name is me right now, but it kind of follows, uh, you know, everyone's point of view. In it. So it shows the parents' struggle, and it shows how, the, what the parents, you know, have gone through where same story as every other, you know, as, I, as my parents, they didn't know what to do with Nick and they've tried everything and, you know, they wanted him to go to treatment. He doesn't want to go, um, you know, so they had to do, you know, they just, you know, these parents, it shows basically how addiction uh, affects everybody. You know, yeah, it affects it the family. Really, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tornado and, it, and it, it goes through our families and, you know, it affected my family and, and it goes through and, 
really tears the family apart, you know, and, and just as the, uh, the person suffering, you know, with the addiction is that the family suffers maybe even worse, you know, so they also need, um, well, it, it's always good for the family to also get treatment, but, but the story follows is Nick's parents and, and kind of their struggle. And it's, it's a powerful story. It's really, uh, you got a loving family and, you know, it's just a common story of like, Hey, we don't know what to do. Can you help us? You know, and they were able to get Nick into uh, Archway Academy, you know, but mm-hmm. you got to watch. You're going to have to see. I'm not going to give it away all, but you're going to. Okay. You're uh, not going to tell something. <laughs> <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You're the outreach coordinator, Mario. So if people want to see this film, which I know they do, um, how might they do that? Tell us how it works. How can you see a screening of this film? Okay, so there's a few ways, but uh, right now what we're doing is uh, it's called Theatrical On Demand, and there's a company we work with who we also we worked with the, on the anonymous people who were so great. So they actually, uh, their company named Gather, it's G-A-T-H-R. And what Gather does is allows not only documentaries, but allows independent documentaries like ourselves to be in downtown Main Street theaters. So right now we are in, you know, uh, we're averaging about 20 screenings a week nationwide in Lowe's, AMC, you know, all these regular big, like, theaters, like, in the malls, everywhere. And uh, it's a beautiful thing what Gather does. So basically, though, we need your help, you know, to the people out there that are listening. We need people that will champion a screening. Um, and what, what I mean by that is uh, we call it a movie captain. And it doesn't require, it's not a financial burden. It's not any kind of thing. You know, we do all the heavy lifting, but we need um, people that will help fill those seats and kind of organize their own community events. Um, you know, so I do outreach with that, and I can help. So one way to, to do that is to go to generationfoundfilm.com, like you said, and there's a way it kind of explains that on the site. And then you could also go to Gather, uh, Gather's website, which uh, you can see, too, on Gather. It's, it's really cool. There's, you know, a whole bunch of films that they do. You know, and Gather's been doing that for years. So, so that's really cool. There's a way to go on Gather. It's G-A-T-H-R. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you can gather your own screening. You know, we need that. And then uh, it's G-H-T, G-H-T, I'm sorry, yeah, I think it's, uh, I need another call. G-A-T-H-R dot U-S is Gather's website. Mm-hmm. And then you can also just call me. Give me a call. Okay. 203-917-1988. Um, All right. You can call me and I'll, I'll answer. You come to my house. You can email me, you know, any way you want. Um, that's what I really spend most of my day. Uh, and you can, or you can just email me. It's Mario, M-A-R-I-O, at generationsoundfilm.com. Um, mm-hmm. so we've been doing pretty well, but we, we need a lot of help. You know, we still need help. We need people that will champion these screenings and, um, you know, bring generation sound to your community, you know, so we, we're doing all right right now. Uh, we had a pretty good kickoff month, uh, for recovery month, but, uh, right. we have a long way to go, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of people that don't even know this film exists yet. So that's my job, you know, is to, to get generation film, uh, Generation Sound film out there, um, and uh, pretty cool. Noah's got uh, we did get approved to uh, bring it to Australia and Canada, which is cool. Great. 
that's pretty cool because uh, we have some amazing advocates and some allies out there. But uh, but yeah, we need it. We need to. You know, there's a lot of work to be done. So please, out there, we need your help with the call to action. Gather a screening of Generation Found. It's a fun community event. Uh, I'll help you build it. You know, we do Q and A's after, and, and it's a fun event. And check out some of the uh, a lot of good social media. If you go to any of our social media pages and like us on Facebook and some of that stuff, you can see that's just a good time. Um, and it really starts the conversation of, okay, so how do we do this? You know, how do we bring a recovery high school into my community where, I don't know how many kids are, you know, I mean, one out of four, I think it's one out of four families, uh, you mm. know, struggle with addiction, mm-hmm. right? Nine out of 10 mm-hmm. don't get treatment. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about time, like we're running out of, you know, the time is of the essence. Uh, but the reality is this thing's not going to go away, you know? <laughs> and uh, so this, this is a small way to, to play a part and, into something bigger, you know, eventually where I'd like to see a recovery high school in, in every, every state, at least, at least in every state right now. There's, uh, there's only 36 of them and two of them are in, uh, Houston, Texas. Wow. So, are these schools funded by, are they publicly funded? I think you said Archway Academy was a charter school. So that means it's one of those that they kind of, they get government funding. Is that correct? I know. How does it, how are they funded? Uh, so there's, there's, you know, multiple ways. I know, like, last night uh, when I was in New Jersey, there is one in New Jersey, and that is a public school. Like, anyone can go no matter what. And as long as they are, uh, you know, recommended by their school district, like, all right, we need, you know, this. they're, they're not just going to throw anybody in there because if they don't have substance use issues, then it's kind of pointless. But, um, uh, you know, there's some... Some schools are open, and, and it requires, uh, you know, no funding. And some schools, you know, you do have to pay to go to, and some are private and some are partial. So it all kind of varies, but the idea is to make a, you know, public uh, state-funded school. You don't need to have that available to anyone anywhere. Um, I know, like, Kristen Johnson and Joe Schrank in New York City, since the anonymous people, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're able to make some headway, but it took a long time for them to to be able to get. Uh, they have one. It's called Slam S A L S L A M in New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to get some. Uh, you know, part of a public school in Staten Island. You know, but but there's still we have a lot of work to do. And um, like I said, if there's, I don't know, the numbers are I think almost two hundred thousand high schools, and you got thirty five that are recovery. I mean, we have high schools for whatever you want, you name it. Uh, why would it be any different for, uh, for something that's going to save a kid's life? Absolutely. What is, uh, what kind of, uh, audiences come? Are they older, younger? Um, what do you see when people are coming to the screenings? Uh, I see all, all ages. I've seen, you know, I've got to, privilege of sitting next to some of the kids I worked with when I worked at a, uh, an adolescent treatment center. So the, uh, anywhere from 16, 17 to 70, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it is, uh, to see a kid watching a movie and sit next to him and look up and see himself on screen and, and just to see the the power of that, you know, to see them, how that kid was moved and, and see some tears, but then some, and, and a lot of smiles at the end and a lot of hope and, um, 
it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I wish, uh, like I said, I wish there was a Generation Sound movie when I was uh, younger, and I wish there was Recovery High Schools, you know, and, and so I'm not going to stop. You know, this is why I do this kind of work is, um, you know, when I worked with the Anonymous People, when I worked with uh, Unite to Face Addiction for the rally, um, and now Generation Sound is because I have a voice, and uh, God gave me a pretty loud voice, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I have to use it. I have to. You know, it's a responsibility. It's a, it would be useless. You know, I have to, to try and just share this message and, and let people know that recovery is possible uh, and that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, what your finances are. We can all get recovery, you know, and it's, it's amazing, you know, and I, to watch someone light, you know, someone's uh, lights turn on, as they say, or, you know, to watch yeah. someone get recovery is, is something indescribable. It sure is. Well, our time is up. Uh, Mario, thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for that, taking your voice out there. And um, I know uh, using all that's happened in your life to uh, learn, I know you've learned a lot from it, as we all do, and and you're out there sharing it and and, uh, making something different for other people. And there is, there's so much hope. You're right. There's recoveries for everybody. So thanks for what you're doing, and thanks for um, working on this film, generationfoundfilm.com, and thanks for getting the word out. And we're going to see that happen. We're just going to see the word getting out and seeing lots of people seeing this get motivated, communities getting those high schools going. So thanks for being my guest. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. our slogan, our tagline for the film is, Just Say No was a slogan, but this is a revolution. So please, join the youth recovery revolution. And, uh, yeah, I think it's time to get found. it was great being on. Thanks for having me, Anna. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Now, I love that. It's time to get found. That's cool. All right. <laughs> All right. I love it. Thank okay. You. you too. Bye. And listeners, you have a bye great bye. week and get found. And we'll be back next right. week on Spirit of Recovery. Okay. Bye. Bye, Mario. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world ever said to yourself, I'm living a life I never intended to create? What life did you intend to create? Did you set goals? Did you work toward reaching those goals? If we don't have a specific goal in mind or we don't know where we want to go, we may be likely to end up in places not of our choosing. 
Establishing goals along with guidelines on how to achieve them helps to keep us focused and energized and often makes our lives more interesting, useful, and successful. It's never too late to take control of your life. Once you have your purpose clearly in mind, explore the various ways you can make it happen and visualize the process you believe can work best. Set goals, do what it takes to accomplish them, and enjoy your process. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. At Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.